Welcome to the Women of Steel podcast. My name is Nia Singleton and I'm a woman working in a man's world. The steel industry is overwhelmingly male. At Tata Steel, only 11% of our employees are women and most of us are concentrated within white collar and office based roles. With a plethora of fantastic manufacturing positions at our fingertips, why is it then that we don't occupy those positions? Is it due to family or caring commitments? Is it because we feel we don't belong? Is a traditionally male workplace really somewhere we should be encouraging women to work? Well, I'm here to tell you that we do belong and we should take those opportunities. And while there may not be many of us yet, we have a number of trailblazing women carving career paths that many of us aspire to follow. Across this series, I will be talking to those women, the women who have challenged the status quo, pioneers in their field. So sit back and join us for a conversation on career choices, gender, and what it means to be a successful woman in a man's world. Today's guest is Heather Rowland. Heather joined the company in 2011 as a graduate. But prior to that, she'd had a taste of the industry thanks to our student placement scheme. With experience as a process technology specialist working at Upper Talbot Sites Heavy End, and then a production specialist in primary steel making at the Boss Plant. Heather is a true woman of steel, more recently involved in the steel making vessel replacement a large-scale capital investment project. The vessel has a capability to make 320 tonnes of steel every 30 minutes. The scale of these vessels is outstanding. They are massive, the size of a house. Everything in the steel-making area is on a large scale. But is this what she imagined it to be? With only 4% of our operational employees women across our Strip Products UK hub in Port Albert and Llanwern, what is it like to be a woman working in a very male environment? Heather, did you have any experience of heavy industry before you joined us as a placement student? Um, no, nothing, to be honest. It was mostly waitressing jobs or customer advisor roles, yeah. part-time working. So how did you end up in the steel industry then? Um, so as part of my degree, it was I take a sort of sandwich year out um, mm-hmm. Because with the degree, you got like a diploma in professional experience. So, of course, at the time, advertised uh, to the university about what available placements there were. So I applied for like a sort of technical type role at the time when I was in uni. And then that led to getting a placement in product management and new product development. So you must have really enjoyed um, your time as a placement student because then you decide then you're going to join the organisation as a graduate. What was that like then? Was that that a different experience being in a sort of in a more permanent position? Yeah, I mean, I think so from a position I had as a placement student was very much office based, um, completely different dynamic was very much the sort of customer end of things, commercial side. And it was, I didn't really get out, although I was working on stuff relating to the products, what we made, it wasn't, I didn't see a lot of what happened on, on site. So yeah, I got sponsored after that as well. So that was part of what brings you into the company as well in terms of, uh, on the grad scheme. So when I, when I was coming back, one of the people who sort of like kept in touch with me was Ashley Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. Um, so he shared with me what options were when I was coming back as a graduate and it was sort of to be more plant-based they were, they were starting up the process technology team with like Richie Hart and Alan Thomas yeah. um, or or it was sort of like an option of maybe 
going into the automotive marketing like he sort of saw me being able to do sort of either um yeah. and then I I opted for the the heavy end <laughs> to go into Richie Hart's team so why did you do that then because like you say your experience was more sort of in the commercial in this sort of office-based R&D type role and then you decide then to do process technology and to join Richie's team what was it about that then that piqued your interest I think it's just sort of again the the fact that you're you're going to be able to see so much more and, and you're more involved in whatever you're working on you can physically go out there and you know see what it's affecting um yeah. <clears throat> whereas in the office you can't necessarily do that um other than like monitoring your kpis um <laughs> and it was also the time when they were gearing up to do blast finish for replacement so i also got to be involved with that so that was quite an exciting time I think to join the company. So talk me through what it was like then for you because I'm a, we like 21, 22, a young woman joining very heavy industry then. What was it like? So I think at first obviously everything was very new it was completely so my placement was like Clanlin as I said office based and then coming back as a graduate was in Port Talbot is like you know a completely different landscape especially yeah. with the furnaces. Um, and then once you start going out and seeing everything, especially like the cast house floors and iron going everywhere, it, it's, um, it is quite eye opening, but it, it's also quite intimidating. Yeah. So the, the, the size of it. And obviously it almost kind of feels like, oh, should I be here? Should I be here? Like, cause you just feel like everyone's watching you going like, who, who is she sort of thing. I think and yeah. you make your, you become, I become paranoid then, I, I, I guess. And and I suppose then you being new, you sort of doubt. Okay, I don't have the experience of any of this, and how can I start like contributing? Yeah, because I suppose when you start in this industry, where would you have had experience of that before? You know, it's almost you've got to learn on the job, haven't you? But everybody around you, I, I imagine, was perhaps more senior to you um, than you in age. Um, and also very few women around as well. So it's um, navigating that sort of gender balance as well. You mentioned that, you know, you have this sort of crisis of why am I here and do I know what I'm doing? How did you overcome that? Um, well, I think it's obviously time is a good one. And obviously becoming more familiar with my surroundings uh, and the people I work with. Because obviously everything is new at the time. Um it's just obviously as you gain more experience and you talk to more people, you learn more, you become more familiar and, and obviously how to to then start giving back to the business. But it, it does take time. And it's what I tell our new stars now. It's just you can't sort of go in head first. You've just got to take your time as long as you need to sort of learn, learn the area. So how long would you say it took you then to feel sort of confident or is it still a work in progress? <laughs> well, I think there's... Um, Whenever you move to a new area, I think you always have that initial kind of, oh God, <laughs> sort of <laughs> yeah. approach at the start. Um, and then, or even to any sort of new new task, which is obviously quite important to the business. I think there are, there are always times where you, where I feel like vulnerable at times and it's just trying to get back in track. It's just, again, it's more it's a self-doubt. So it's getting in my own head and trying to have the confidence like, because sometimes you'll just, just things will be like going okay 
and then they go okay maybe I haven't thought of something and like I'll freak out it just sort of it's just trying to keep calm I guess so how have you how did you find and how do you find the team around you then have you had any sort of mentors in the workplace or anybody that sort of recognize the talent in you and helped nurture you and try and kill you of that self-doubt then you know um there's been like various people throughout my career so in like in the heavy end steel slab um so obviously it's just I think it's it's hard because it's like you you say that you're modest so you're not being like self-aware of like your talents but then obviously if other people are telling you that it's just trying to believe in yourself and yeah um yeah and just having that that confidence to be able to do things I think it does take for me especially do you need people to sort of tell you that um to 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 carry on and to get on with the job and do a good job like you do need like positive feedback it is very important it is absolutely important isn't it to get positive feedback would you say then that you have been um given that and there will will have been people on your team who have been encouraging and haven't limited you because of your gender yeah definitely I mean I, I don't even think it would come across most people's minds I guess I mean obviously if you're if you're hard working and people see that then they will take you and and put you on tasks that you think that you'll be good at as well because like various stuff in my since I've been here I've been sort of seconded onto things as they start like CLS or um like the vessel replacement project but yeah there's been there's been various people so like Alan Thomas like I was with him all the way through process technology when I was in glass furnace and steel and slab and he gave me my first substantive role mm. um and then like George Govan and Chris Gofield, John Young, like in Steel and Slab. So they've all, like, they've been around me most of my career in Steel and Slab and they've been really good support. Because what would you say then you've been most proud of in your career to date? Um, there's, <laughs> there's a few things, but there's like, but that's the thing, it's been everything has been quite varied. So I think I did um, a Masters of Research, which was through Tata and Swansea Uni. So I did that sort of obviously part time. Um, yeah. So I think studying and then I think as I was in the final year doing my thesis is when I started in production. So that was quite challenging. So yeah. production role compared to technical is vastly different. And then trying to sort of finish my project and my thesis at the same time. I think that was quite uh, quite, str- quite stressful at the time, but I was, yeah. I was happy when that was over. Um, and then because it was almost like, you know, you sort of you're working hard and work and then you come in home and then you do it again. Yeah. Um, really tough so how did you manage that then have you got any tips for people listening um you know how to manage that sort of academic and work-life balance and have time for you as well yeah I know I think it's just making sure that you take that time for yourself and you um make sure that you have days where you're just doing nothing like especially on like a weekend or or like take that time to do social things like with friends like don't don't necessarily put it off like just make sure that you do like maybe if you're going out in the evening do something in the morning on the weekend and then so you have a nice sort of balance there what what made you want to do that masters of research um I think it was more I sort of when I was when I started in the business we were kind of doing like the metal courses um so I think at the time Brian Eady was um my mentor and he was sort of suggesting that it's, it's a good way to kind of learn about different aspects of steel making yeah. and there's also there's also like fundamentals with regards to health and safety and finance also built into the course mm. um so it's through him really that I got that I got onto it 
but yeah, so it is quite good. And you also get exposure to like other students and like the um, engineering doctorate students as well, some of which yeah. came to obviously work in the business. Mm. Um, so it's also kind of a bit of a good, a good networking. Yeah, it does sound as if it helps you develop your network and then build on your confidence and, and the mm-hmm. things that you've already learned that you were doing, you know, day to day in your job then, isn't it? Because you were also then heavily involved in the steam making vessel replacement project. Can you talk us through that? Because it was such a, a, a big project for us, a massive capital investment project for the organisation. But what was it like really, you know, being boots on the ground during that? um sort of insane really it was a bit of a blur <laughs> so it was like, I sort of got involved in uh 20 the back sort of back in the 2018 they sort of split part of the project um away um so that was where they were installing a new flux chute which is for the materials to go into the vessel and that that involved cutting off kind of half of the steel plant so we couldn't get scrap from where we would do so we had to bring the scrap around the other side of the plant. Um, at the time, I think Blasphemous 5 was off, so it was a little <laughs> bit easier. Um, so I, I firstly got involved then, and I think sort of the work I did then reflected on me then going to help with the main part of the project. So the terms of like the, the planning side of it as well as more heavily involved. So around, you know, when they're doing like each intricate bit of the project, you have to take into account, okay, well, how much steel have we got to make? what units are on maintenance how can we work around it what ways can we sort of you know keep making steel but also carry on with the project without sort of putting delays on either side yeah um so obviously that's that was a massive a massive thing so part of it was say if we were doing a big lift and we weren't able to get to the scrap um we do like 100 percent hot metal process that's a process i worked on from when i was in technical mm. So it's also kind of using my, you know, stuff I've done previously, bringing into the project. Um, and then it was just massive kind of getting involved with, because you've got like sort of international as well. So you've got different contractors from all over Europe that were working on the project. So SMS from Germany, the guys who were welding the vessel from Poland, yeah. um, and they all kind of came in and played a part. And then I was also involved in obviously making the operations aware of what was going on during each stage of the project. Um, we also had to train people to be like the safety men, like other boots on the ground during during the shifts for, for all the crane movements and coordinating things out in the stage area. It had to be done with military precision really, didn't it? Because even just getting the vessel to you from the dock was absolutely, you know, <laughs> a real feat of, of engineering and ingenuity, wasn't it? Yes, I mean, obviously there was a lot of that sort of work um was done kind of leading up to where I came in um but we also also obviously got exposed to when they were when they were bringing the vessel in so they do like 3d scans of all the area so they know obviously how big the vessel is and whether it's going to fit fit through the door essentially um and then there was sort of the smaller side of it so like the the operating pulpits for when they tap and slag off the vessel we were using 3d scanning to see if it would fit because we were sort of manufacturing this through the stage of when we were you know decommissioning the old vessel and bringing in a new one and like where all the controls were kind of going to go and then and obviously part of that is interacting so we had like a 3d simulation sort of set up mm-hmm. and then you had we brought in the operators and to see how it would feel we also brought them in during like the manufacturing stages so yeah it was, it was quite good to sort of go through that 
learning process. Do you ever just sort of think to yourself, wow, is this my job? Because I mean, you couldn't have imagined, or, or maybe you did, you know, as a young girl that you would be working in very heavy industry and, you know, in a senior position and, and really one of the only women in, in a team, you know, or, or did you imagine that? No, I, I don't have <laughs> a clue, to be honest. Yeah. Like when I was, I mean, being in school, like you, do, you don't really... I didn't even know at the time, like what whether what when chorus existed at the time. Yeah. Uh, like you just weren't exposed to. I mean, like growing up in Newcastle, like we we had like shipyards and stuff, but they like closed as I was growing up, so there wasn't that much industry left in the yeah. northeast. I mean, obviously there was Scunthorpe, but again, you're just not exposed to. Like, people don't see to you from a career advice. Hi, oh, do you want to go work in the steel works? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just it's just not not a thing. I mean, let alone discuss even just engineering as an option. Like it's was something I was exposed to before. And do you think that is because you were a girl or whether that was just not something that they promote just more generally the career service, you know, careers in engineering, it's more the typical, you know, nurse, teacher, doctor, that type of thing? Yeah, I think it's also kind of, I guess, the subjects that we have, like even from the GCSE or A-level point, like at that point there wasn't in my high school at the time it became like mandatory that we had to do IT for GCSE mm-hmm. um and, and and we had to do a language it's not necessarily like so you do your basic sciences but then it nobody really sort of pushes you or says okay this is what you need for, for doing these careers and these are the careers available it's just yeah. sort of like these are your subjects pick what you want to do at the time I just chose sort of what I was enjoying which was science. Do you think then that as a woman working in industry and in heavy industry and, you know, being, there's not many of you around really, is there? Like I said, 4% of our employees in operational roles are women in Portalbert and Sanwood and our Strip Products Hub. Do you then see it as, as a duty of yours to go to events or to promote your career path uh, to other young girls so that you can be um, a role model to them? I do think it's important and I do think it does start with education. So I have done STEM stuff in the past yeah. with schools and even just like sort of science fairs or like just, just, just graduate fairs as well, just to, in yeah. terms of like, you know, when you have students and this is where you can work. Yeah. So it, it is important. Um, I think it's just, it's also hard to find like when you are in, I think a production role, it's also hard to find t- time to sort of separate um in doing that sort of thing um but I have tried to do it like through my career like even when so with like magnet um we tried to sort of promote that and grow that in terms of like the networking side of things um with young professionals across the business yeah because I think it is it is so important isn't it to sort of to reach out and to try and help pull others up and and particularly young girls because the career that you have enjoyed and are will continue to enjoy is so fast. It would be such a crying shame to not have more young girls and women experience that, wouldn't it? Definitely. I mean, especially so in the last sort of couple of years, we've had our higher apprentice, um, Emily. So she's in our primary production team and she's looking after her own area now and she's doing it by her standards and she's like doing really well. So I think it's it's nice to to see that and obviously I'm here to help and I help like all our sort of new starters and everything and when I started most women are in like technical roles or like in the functions yeah so seeing people 
seeing more women out on plant especially is a big thing for me and I think it's it's one of the reasons why I went to production as well as I was just like okay I can do this I was like it's part of the drive for me yeah (laughs) in terms of going into the role is like at the time there wasn't any other women in production in the boss plant so it was it was a bit of a sort of personal achievement I think for me do you feel as if women have to work harder to prove themselves I think at first I sort of did think that I think I I naturally try and work harder anyway but I don't know if that's also just you know in terms of how I've come through my career and so what people (laughs) expect of you when you're you're working you just create create those habits but yeah I I do think it is a thing when you start yeah definitely but I but then there is a point where you're just like okay I don't you shouldn't need to prove yourself like that and I would say you've you've obviously set the groundwork for yourself now you've built a good foundation that I I think your reputation would go before you now in any case wouldn't it I hope so (laughs) so you mentioned then that you have Emily who now works at, you know in, in your area. Is female representation important, do you think? Do you think that not seeing other women is a barrier of entry for others to sort of think, oh, I don't know if I can do that then because there's nobody that looks like me or comes from the same kind of background as me? Is that would you say that it's important? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think nothing should separate anyone from being able to do a job and I think as I said I think it does start from an early age where you know people show like female scientists or female people in government or or engineers I think it is that perception and how you grow up and and also what you're exposed to I think a lot of the stuff like especially you with the comms team when you bring schools into the industry because some of it is on the door and it's it's like if you can get women in or just show that them that it's available as a career path I think that's I think that's massive I think it shouldn't shouldn't really be a question as like to like it's horrible to ask that question what percentage of women are in a business like I shouldn't in the future to me it shouldn't yeah. be a question it should just be like okay it's 50 50 or 64 females yeah it's not uh I think you're no you're absolutely right it shouldn't it it shouldn't be something that we're tracking but I think now we know where we are um you know we've got goals then to sort of to increase those numbers and I think that's can only be a good thing to diversify our workforce to help us stay innovative and and move forward isn't it yeah what words of advice then um you know on that theme would you then give to other young girls who are you know looking at GCC options or maybe um, are finishing up their degree and sort of thinking oh you know is engineering for me is, is is working in an industry for me what words of advice would you give them I think it's more obviously you need to do what you enjoy so if it's like if that's the subject that you're on the path of then you just kind of need to be open-minded about everything it's um yeah. from a career point of view I think you, you should just try it and see if you if you like it because obviously there, there are some people that would might find the industry intimidating but obviously it depends on which area you go to um just from the size of it not 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 from <laughs> the people but just in terms of the size of it and and what yeah. you have to deal with um but I think I don't think you would know unless you try and I would say most of the time when people enter they don't want to leave anyway then <laughs> we're like no, the hotel California yeah. of industries <laughs> Yeah, and like even when you even, come in you can't leave <laughs> yeah and even if you are here there are so many options or different areas that you can go into like if if you wanted to go into a functional role or if you wanted to go to the mills or to zodiac like or you know so, some of the downstream units is that there are obviously a lot of options there and it is quite varied 
So what what are your plans then for the next five to ten years? Where do you see yourself heading? Um, <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think like it's like for me it's like hard to think about the next five minutes let alone five to ten years so um I think so in the role I am now so I've been in the role about 12 months um so I'm looking at hot metal preparation so from when it iron pours out the torpedo to when it's um desulfurized and then it goes to the vessels so for me I've still got I feel like I've got quite a lot to do in the area to make improvements from a safety point of view and a process point of view um so I'd like to sort of you know stay stay where I am for a couple more years and like yeah. sort of establish establish those improvements and then I think it would be obviously to have my own team um because a lot of the time through my career so yes we, we work in teams but we're all kind of isolated on our own projects and even in production you look after your own area but you don't have sort of people to pull on you're, you're continuously working cross-functionally with engineering, technical, operations, um, contractors. So I think it'd be good to have my own team and to, to sort of manage people and obviously progress them as well. So I'm, I'm very big on helping people and, and helping them in their careers. Well, there's still lots to do, like you said, isn't it? And you'll never be, you know, shy of sort of opportunities in the steel industry. That's the one thing that I love about this industry is that it is, like you say, so varied. And you and you mentioned, you know, you can work in some of our downstream operations, you can move to to functional work. Possibilities are, are almost endless in many ways. And I think that's why people stay for so many years, because it it can be such a rewarding career. Thank you so much for um, chatting with me today. I've really enjoyed hearing about your career to date and I can't wait to sort of see where you go, frankly. Thank you. Thank you. It was really great to chat with Heather. She really is a woman working in an overwhelmingly male world. The heavy end of the steel industry can be daunting. You know, everything is big. The kit, the stakes, even the personalities. Heather battled with these intimidating surroundings at the start and then doubted the contribution she could make. But as she gained more experience, developed her understanding of the area and the trust of her colleagues, she began to trust her own gut and her own abilities. Now older and in a more senior position, Heather is committed to helping others around her and is passionate about giving young people and young girls a greater understanding of the variety of jobs that are available to them outside of those traditional options that they get told about at school. Hard-working and dedicated woman. A real woman of steel.